It is Wednesday, the 5th of August 2020, and this is episode 379 of Digital Outbox. Yeah, I was checking my watch as well because I had to make sure, but it is definitely the 5th of August. Uh, welcome to another episode of Digital Outbox. Uh, it's been a while since our last one, uh, but we are back. Uh, and uh, I am Chris and Ian is here as well. Hello. Hey, good evening, Chris. I was checking as well because even though, even though we know it's been a few weeks and even though we know it's August, lockdown has changed all perception of time. So, doesn't work anymore time's broken isn't I, it? Yeah, it's just, it's physicists like... keep telling me that time isn't a real thing uh so i agree now just just weird uh but yeah it has been a long time since our last one but we probably will be doing two in fairly quick succession because we have too much content happened since our last one to actually cram into one so we'd rather not force that upon you uh, and instead we'll just do a couple in fairly quick succession can i just point out the forcing upon you is we don't want to force it upon ourselves i can't i just don't want to <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's fair dues. Uh fair call. Um <clears throat> but let's start with um let's start with the government. Yes, they're doing a grand job right now. Um so apparently they are or have broken the law with their sort of NSA, NHS test and trace service and various associated um processes and procedures. Um effectively they because of the rush and the panic around all this and how quickly they're trying to set things up they failed to do all the proper data protection impact assessment um that they require organizations when dealing with people's data to carry out they haven't correctly uh classified the data that they're collecting as high risk uh, and there have been several incidents already of um of data being leaked or just not being properly protected uh, and there's also question marks on how long they're requesting to keep data for so there's all sorts of different uh, allegations and there are um, uh, open rights group has been raising concerns and has uh, has they taken them to court and uh, yet or are they are they intending to basically they certainly have started the process of uh, calling the government to account on some of these things so I think it was an intent. So as you said, they changed some of the because we're going. They talked about we're going to keep the data for twenty years, and to avoid a proper legal challenge, they reduced it to eight. But there was a little asterisk that said if you're, you know, found COVID positive, we you know reserve the right to keep it for twenty years. Um, and and I get so I get pandemics a real challenge for everybody. And I get you know if you can if you need to you know and this is the thing. They could have they could have done this probably without need to cut corners, but they've been cutting corners. And they didn't have to do that. They could have got the right legal minds on board right from day one and, and done it in an open and transparent way. And they didn't, you know, and they've, they've messed up. With, you know, so again, Guardian had got some requests in, freedom of information requests, um, and they've already had data breaches involving personal data. You know, a private company contracted to run the programme. Um, it used the CC function rather than, you know, blind CC. So it's contact data as a subcontractor. So minor in some ways, but it's just schoolboy stuff. And I have, to, you know, as a as a citizen, and this is me talking as a citizen, not sort of analysing this in, you know, from the legal perspective. Uh, I have to say that, you know, that their well, their whole intention to data grab at any given opportunity, uh, and their proof of, you know, their history of doing that, um, and and Cummings's uh, requirement to do data grab and and has success off the back of it. They're setting up of these new organisations to take over from, you know, proper scientific uh, evaluation. They're using data grabbing to do that. Uh, and and they're, you know, all the things that the NHS digital, they're giving a, a this this whole data grab. They're trying to apply the NHS branding to because they believe that carries, you know, that'll give them the, the right to go and do that. And everyone won't sort of question it. But a lot of the work it's doing is nothing to do with the NHS. It's just NHS digital as a brand to try and make people not sort of engage with it and, and accept that it's a good thing. Um, but anyway, yeah. So all those things lead me then to distrust as a citizen and it's when you get that distrust that you you're not as willing to accept mistakes um when you know that they're playing fast and loose when you know they haven't got they've got no proven track record that they're not doing it deliberately absolutely and and as you said the, the nhs branding and, and i don't blame them for doing it because people trust nhs whereas if a, you know a private firm monster you know a, a test and trace application you would question it so it makes sense in some ways to say it's branded as that but it is a lot of private firms that are doing this development work. 
Um, and we're also seeing that fragment. So Scotland has always not signed up to the UK's test and trace app. Um, they started spinning up their own development. That's now being put in the back burner because they're taking on the, the Ireland approach, which has been done by a third party. The app's out there, supports the um, APIs that both Google and Apple baked into their operating systems. Um, so Scotland's you know, now contracted that same company to lift and shift that over, put the right Scottish branding on it um, and, and roll that out hopefully later this year. Um, but it's and I still I still don't get why this is so hard when you and and I know I know um, Johnson and others started saying well there's no country around the world that's got an app out there and it's, that's that's just not true Australia has an app out Germany's got an app out Ireland's got an app out and the, the the download percentages are fairly positive you know it is there and it is working uh, and <clears throat> and they've at least got the starting point of a you know a base to work from whereas. Yeah. Uh, we never even came up with a base. Anyway, it's very easy to criticise. Like as you opened the piece with, uh, in in such a fast moving scenario, it is it is difficult to sort of get everything right. But it's just about that trust level, and it's also about the fact that you know the right people with the right knowledge being employed to do the right job, things would get done properly. Uh, but they've been handing out contracts to people in companies that don't have any of the exper- previous experience. You know, they, they do hand out these contracts uh, to weird interstitial organizations, which is then their job to go and decide where, you know, things like PPE equipment for companies that have never dealt with anything like that before. But they, you know, there are companies out there that could be employed to do these jobs. Uh, but somehow that doesn't work in government. It doesn't. And, and I always think back to, and it's a comment you made in a podcast years ago, follow the money follow the money and you'll find out why these people have got contracts you know yep. it's it's either they're connected in some way or they've, they've just been fortunate to be in the room and saying they Pri- can do something private eye has already released a mm. number of different in depth in depth chases of that money and finding quite significant uh, you know associations shall we say um you know either wives spouses or just you know otherwise close contacts and friends that are involved in a lot of these situations and it, and it does beca- it makes you suspicious and it makes you very you know anti and feeling of anti and, and unfortunately that degrades all the trust that, that may exist uh, and all of them could be innocent but you know it just becomes a bit stuck in the throat doesn't it sometimes uh, another <clears throat> the visa streaming algorithm that's been developed to try and help um, a backlog of um, you know, visa applications has actually the, the, the algorithm has been removed from operation after complaints that it was um, it was actually being effectively racist in its decision. So there was some potential inbuilt um, racial uh, discrimination into the actual algorithm process we've we've talked about this before and we've seen it elsewhere we we saw it in certain places around facial recognition and how um you know facial recognition tools were you know actually racist in the they wouldn't work with uh dark or foreign you know dark colored skin or and and different uh you know ethnic origins were treated differently based on the algorithm and as it processed and and there's various other times we've i remember in the past however many years we've been doing this we've been talking about similar thing but but in the visa situation again it seems it seems amazing that these these mistakes still get made but then again it probably just shows and that how difficult it is to build a, a system that is completely uh you know without uh, pre- prejudice um, absolutely. So this was um, the joint, co- sorry, the Joint Council for the Welfare of Immigrants, um, and a campaigning law firm called Foxglove. So they they'd went to court. They wanted it, um, this this algorithm to be to be decreed unlawful, and it's really interesting because it's one of the first times that an algorithm is actually being you know highlighted as you know whether it's just by inherently bad design. But but you can't just trust it, and, and we're seeing it more and more. Companies are saying we'll use the power of AI. So how do you how do you make sure that that's not got bias? How do you make sure that it's been fair? How do you make sure, as you've said, it's treating people, you know, you know, you know, you know, because it can't detect something on a screen, you know, it's this then that person's ignored the rules out. And, and and what's interesting about this is that they didn't win the case, and that the 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 Home Office have said that it will stop using the algorithm, but they're not willing to accept that this redesign that they've committed to do. Is because this allegation's true, but mm. but if this had never been taken to court, they would never have stopped using that algorithm. Mm. And I know people will say, "Well, you can't prove that," and it's like, well, common sense tells you they've been challenged in public, they've went to court, 
they were probably odds on to lose this, and they've said actually we're going to. I mean, they're, they're stopping it pretty much immediately. So from from August the seventh, mm-hmm. you know, and this was all this only came out yesterday. So that shows you how that that's, that's there clearly were strong foundations in whatever the allegation was. Yeah. Absolutely, um, and and I think it's an important win because we're going to see. I mean, I mean AI used properly has has huge potential. Um, but it, but it's how do you how do you prove it? How do you vet it? How do you make sure it's doing the right thing? I remembered one of the places those algorithms and things were we mentioned before was in the insurance industry about you know getting a quote for insurance and how they use you know other people's data to work out your likelihood and risk factors uh, and and do you remember there was the whole argument that came up around well you can't treat anyone differently like that and therefore all the insurance said well that's just going to increase insurance costs for all the people who are con- currently considered low risk um and you know and it was around that difficulty of they have the data which says who is potentially you know, more likely and who's not who's less likely to have a, a claim for insurance. Uh, but unfortunately, that did lead to it meant that uh, for certain people living in certain areas with, you know, um, certain neighbours, they're, they're immediately going to have a higher insurance. And that was found to be discriminatory. And in some cases, you know, uh, that was racial discrimination. Others, it was sex discrimination, all those things uh, that it just meant, uh, you know, that they were it was questioned. So, again, uh, an algorithm around um, this had it got to court and had it been proven to be, um, you know, racist inherently, that would that wouldn't have gone down well, would it? No, and a, and a similar story is just you know, and it broke yesterday in Scotland, and it may or may not be hitting the news, you know, elsewhere. But you know, exact no exams this year. Um, kids have been allocated grades based on the teachers' recommendations. It went yes, to the, we've had the story down. Yeah, here, went yeah. to SQA, and they've and they've said, well, we need to downgrade, but they've been downgrading. And you know, and they've been downgrading students from poorer areas. It's, it's and, the, and the stats show that. And I mean, some of the stories that, that you're now seeing coming out on Twitter are, are heartbreaking. You know, people that are, you know, they were getting eighty five percent in the coursework. They're prelims, so that's your mocks. That's become prelims. Um, they're getting A's, and they've been awarded a C. And, it's, and that's it's, um, and, and it's because when yeah. awarded a C because a school predominantly doesn't get A star pupils. Exactly, exactly that. So, so they when they're allocating, they're just going top down and saying, well, these schools will get yeah. them. So when we when we give, because effectively, what happened, you know, the story is that the the teachers all effectively would have. Uh, I think they would have given record exam results, as you might expect a teacher to do. They would always give the benefit of the doubt, as any human would do when you're talking about someone else's future when they don't have the opportunity to, to you know, give themselves that opportunity, you know. So, yeah, so the, the algorithm, as it would be, would be that these schools, down to 80% of the list you've given me that say I've got A, will give those A's to. And then this bottom list of schools, even if that per- person had, you know, 95% on their scores they're coming from the wrong school the wrong background they're giving us you know a b or a c um just it's horrible i mean i was reading and i retweeted it earlier on and this evening you know um there was a you know and i'm gonna say a woman because she's she's 17 now she's east end of glasgow uh, written to the the education secretary and just highlighting you know her and i think it was her um her mum's a carer her father i think was a was a was either a steel worker or a steeple jack there was something it was basically you know you know not from skilled backgrounds, not from traditionally, but she was she's been doing excellent, you know, consistently throughout her, you know, all her all her coursework, not just this year, but knocking out the park every year. And she's got a set of C's now. Uh, yeah uh, an impossible situation though overall as yeah. in yeah and it also it undermines the teachers you know judgment in each of those situations but then what a position to put a teacher in as well it is, it's just impossible it's, it is really difficult um but, but again i think it shows you the problem with you know starting to apportion things based on where you're from or the type of person yeah. you are Um it just you're going to get it's not and it's not just individuals you're going to get mass groups of people and we're going to see it, i think in england and I think it's September. We're going to see how the English results come out. I can't see it being any different. No, it won't be. Um, and and you know, unfortunately, all these things are built into our society anyway. And just then to have them solidified by processing it just even makes it more galling, doesn't it? Absolutely. So it, it, you know, you want it to be a meritocracy, but it, you know, it's just not. Um, Garmin um, got. Well, I can't remember whether this had broken at all last time we spoke, or whether it was breaking. Oh. But but Garmin basically had their uh, whole computer system attacked by a ransomware um, sort of hack. Probably yeah, probably was about two to three weeks ago. So just it, it, after it we last spoke. So so it broke. Just to, it was like twenty fifth, twenty sixth July. That's when it kind of broke. 
Yep, and basically it turns out that they they went very quiet and all the sync systems stopped and then their rumours started that so, they had been attacked by a ransomware. And you're a Garmin user, aren't you? So, yeah. you're, so your Garmin device, I guess, just stopped syncing? Yeah, so it would still connect to the app, but the app would then not sync up to the servers. So you, and and for for a long time, nothing was said, and there was certainly no notification or email sent out. Um, but then it slowly, I say, over the time, got released that yeah, that sounds like they've had a ransomware attack, and then some of the employees started sort of, yep, we're, we're seeing this, uh, and it turned out there was this ten million dollar ransom fee to get the decryption keys. We saw this a while back with the NHS uh, uh, ransomware and what an ugly system it is and and many you know there is no escape from this other than to pay up almost otherwise you accept that all your systems are effectively uh, encrypted forevermore uh, and yeah so there was lack of communication from Garmin uh, eventually they put that we're down for maintenance um, on their website which is a little bit of a short uh, shortfall of what it actually was <clears throat> and then it's recently it's come back into action so that all their systems are recovered and turns out that um, they effectively did have to pay the ransom to get their decryption keys. But because of laws around uh, paying uh, effectively uh, ransoms like that, uh, they had to get a third party to pay it on their behalf. Um, and so the details are, are sketchy and, and unclear and probably for that very reason. But that clearly they found that the only way they could uh, resolve the situation was to to pay it. And they their systems are now largely speaking from what i can tell up and running again um yeah so as you say paid through a third party i don't know if you saw yesterday um the 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 hacking group that they they had to you know engage with left they left up all their chats online and it's it's almost like you're dealing with a you know like an apple or something they're all very professional and I think this is an. This is actually almost like a company that is designed to do these things. They are used to it. Yeah, so, they so know how to do it. The third party is a company, you know, that engages. But this was the actual people who were the hackers, and they were all very professional. Yeah. And and you know, like, hi, thanks for getting in touch. Blah blah blah. blah. You know, yes, it's a. You know, we can do a discount fee and all that. You know, because ten million. <laughs> Sorry about all this inconvenience. But it was. <laughs> it was all like that. And then at the end of it. They said, we're leaving this chat open until you confirm that you've got everything you need. Also, we would recommend the following. And it rhymed off nine or ten different vectors that they'd gotten on. So I've changed a password frequently, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. And it was a, an amazing insight into Because that nobody ever usually sees that, you know. So it was just, it just it was like, wow, you're like dealing. It's like the hacking group where a, I am a company and, and we've got a help desk. And you contact yeah. the help desk to get your decryption key. It and yeah, and it's bonkers. all professional. And like you say, and and giving you suggestions of how to avoid this in the future. Yeah. Thank you very much. You know, as if yeah. And, and it was like kind of know, galling in that way. You know. Uh, yeah, it's I mean, it's horrible. And, but but there's also I think there's a there's there's three or four in the last week that have come out and said yeah we've had to pay as well. It's becoming more common. And I think was it Reading Council in the UK. I think they just announced that that earlier in the year they were done, and it, and the cost to them was ten point seven million. They did not pay, mm-hmm. um, and their their cost when you look at what they had to, you know, what they lost in services, what they had to restand. Well, that's up. only benefit claimants. <laughs> it's only human misery. <laughs> wow, that's harsh of me. Is that harsh of me? Harsh. Wow. <laughs> it's. I mean, more for you know, for as much as you know, they wouldn't have had ten point whatever million to pay anyway. Uh, but for more than that, it is the hackers that cause this and and you know as much as we will criticize companies that do leave themselves open to these attacks there are some incredibly clever attacks out there that that are, you know are, people know weaknesses in systems that mm. even the developer you know the original developers don't know it's yeah. it's one of those things it is the hackers that cause this so we should never forget that no but equally I, you know and i think we need to also because in some ways i think some of these folk are seen like robin hood types the thieves you know, they're, yeah they're, that's exactly what they are yeah what are they going to do with that money? It's been, you know, it's, it's, it's wrong. Yeah, wrong. Twitter has been busy. So we are seeing heightened sensitivity around um, offensive language and around conspiracy theory, fake news, as you want to call it, or just uh, general isms. So racism, sexism, uh, all, the, all the isms. Um, and <laughs> pretty much. So... They have this this week come out and well this in the last period been banning people quite regularly. Uh, QAnon was a conspiracy theory organization sort of spreading uh, about 
deep state rumors anyway if you are mentioning or spreading those across twitter at the moment you can expect your uh, twitter account to at least be temporarily suspended well and it, uh, this was a huge amount of accounts this was, was, was so the other ones were talked about as just like one account these are seven thousand accounts um yeah and others affected you know that could be some like 150 accounts yeah and it's all around it's all around uh right wing we you know we believe there's a deep state actor someone in the world trying to take down trump um, but yep. it's a really powerful online, you know, group. They they they've got a massive amount of people behind them now. So quite an important kind of takedown from Twitter. So yeah, so if you are forwarding or mentioning that in your Twitter account, the chances are you could be uh, up for a, a temporary suspension at the very least. Uh, Donald Trump Jr. was uh, temporarily suspended or had some rights removed from his account. Um, I was that for that was around the uh, Hy- drug uh, he's about yeah. the, hydroxychloroquine. So so yeah. I, again, sharing a video where I don't know three doctors are, are showing the benefit of it, um, but the doctors have all got questionable. You know, they're all from questionable backgrounds. Of they're based in America. They've all been discredited in a number of different ways over time, um, and, I, but, and and Twitter took action. Um, Facebook also took action on that one, but I think it was only after it was seen. It's ridiculous figures. It's like 16 or 18 million views. You know, it's scary. The, the, Just how quickly this misinformation yeah, flows. Yeah. Is, is and we've seen in the past with this, you know, things like vaccinations, if you don't nip it in the bud and stop it, it flows very quickly. Now, there's not to say that there isn't going to be a use for this drug in the future, but it has to go through the proper channels and has to be tested properly and provably useful rather than fake fake news and, and it's an, so it's a no it's an anti-malaria drug so if you've got malaria it's used for treating that but it does you know i think it's got some heart you know side effects and there's just no proof there's no medical evidence that this is helpful but trump says he took it and because he's come out and claimed a number of times that this is a great drug they want to back that up or else he looks like an old fool they've banned the uh, excuse me, ex-KKK leader David Duke has been <laughs> removed from Twitter. Um, Finally. I, <laughs> yeah, know, I guess that's the word you'd use there. Uh, and also Wiley, the um, oh. rapper, put out a load of anti-Semitic tweets and basically he has also been, he was a temporarily removed from Twitter but now he's been permanently banned. So I think, so I think th- this to me is actually Twitter being far more proactive. You know, so we've seen that probably since, I want to say, March, April time they started... You know, a couple of Trump's tweets, you know, marking them up, you know, to say that this is fake news kind of thing. Um, yep. And this is them saying more and more, we're not going to let this hate on, on our platform. And lots of people are saying you shouldn't do it, but it's a private company at the end of the day. And people won't like that, but it's a private company. And at some point, they're, they're taking the view they need to make a stand. We are a news organisation. They want to be seen as a news organisation. You can't spend, a, a news platform shouldn't be spreading, you know, fake news and hate. I guess, and the they are concentrating on the larger accounts at the moment. We they still have a problem at low level accounts, abusive oh, and sure. stalking accounts, and and still action is not being taken on those very quickly. Even when it's highlighted to them, the actual process of removing it. I imagine from a company perspective, it's a really big job to do this. But nevertheless, they are showing the right direction, and whether they continue that through uh, to to those sort of low level accounts and have systems where you can yeah, remove. Yeah, abuse it's, people it's get is, is horrendous, and and you and it's not it's not just Twitter. It's you know Facebook, Instagram, and I've seen, you know, seen particularly women, you know, that I follow online. The the abuse they get is just go on any Twitch account and watch the amount of abuse that they get, even on their chat channels. It's mm. it's just it's it's they're very toxic areas. It's yeah. not human when they get into this anonymous chatting and yeah. and just remote just spouting rubbish it just it's awful it's horrible sort of seems like the default position is to get abusive which is pretty horrible isn't it from a human nature point of view yes uh we've had some more details around the twitter account hacks as well so the last time we spoke to you about the uh kind of there there were major celebrity accounts and big news accounts putting out uh um requests for for um bitcoin money uh, uh, and it turned out that was because of a hack uh, and now it turns out that the they also had access to read uh, dm messages so twitter hadn't really made it clear what they had access to before uh, but it did turn out they could read direct message inboxes of those users as well so they are saying they're contacting affected users and but they are now seeing uh, I, I think it was something like 50 odd accounts um had been had their dms read 
I mean, this, this was when it, when it unfolded because you could see it because I think it was Elon Musk was one of the first, and then somebody said, "Oh, Elon said he's a count hat," but then yeah. it was you know. Um, then it was Bill Gates. Bill Gates, Barack Obama. Um, yeah. but, but but then you're on to Apple. Apple's never tweeted, so their only <laughs> their only tweet has been to you know yeah. send us some Bitcoin, we'll double it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and 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 at that point, I mean, it was, and I remember seeing it. It was people going, "Twitter, just shut yourselves down. You're clearly, clearly, somebody's got access." It looks like, and there was lots of security folks saying, "This looks like somebody's got access to backend systems now, or it's somebody on the inside saying, i 'I've had enough. I'm going to go rogue.' And um, you, you know, there must be some way. And they did shut down that night. They shut down anybody with a blue tick couldn't tweet, which That's was right. ironic because that obviously they're wanting to protect all the. You know, high-profile accounts, so they shut down the ability for a blue tick to tweet, um, and people were—I—I I, had never even thought about this, but news organisations couldn't tweet. Yeah. So they were using backup accounts and retweeting their backup accounts because That's that right, was yeah. the only way, I could, you know, doing it. Um, but it's a—they they believe it's a phone spear phishing attack, and it—and people, you know, did get access to their back-end systems. So they said that there is a multi-level attack. So they originally had some access into the systems by a sort of standard phishing. Uh, and then you go on the attack to people that you believe have further access and higher level access. And they did that by pretending to be Twitter technical support, effectively internal uh, to the company. And using their kind of limited access to the systems, they were able to convince by, you know, effectively charming these people that they to, to release more credentials and gain access in that way. Um, so, yeah, very kind of sophisticated and very personal attacks and not just, you know, an email going out trying to do the scam, but actually you're talking to a human being who you believe is coming from your technical support department internal to the company. So obviously your guard is down. And there have been arrests. So there was a, a 19-year-old in the UK, a 22-year-old in Florida and a teenager in Florida. Um, so, yeah. And, yeah, there's a UK from Bogner Regis. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so Wow. Exactly, and I remember there was there was. I'm sure one of the other main hacks that was done a few years ago was somebody like in the Shetlands or the Orkney Islands. Not much kinda, else to do. <laughs> no, but you kind of think it's like somebody in a you know in a big city somewhere and with screens beeping and Matrix big style. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Whenever you have a Hollywood show, it's always the beeping and <laughs> yeah, yeah. gurgling computers. Yeah, but no, yeah. it's three three teenagers spotty oiks. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't hack me. Please don't hack me. <laughs> uh, Twitter has also announced that it's had an ad revenue drop off. Um, and so it is considering options around, say, subscriptions. So they're certainly testing the waters uh, and, you know, saying, well, maybe we do have a subscription model. We, we saw other companies trying to do a subscription version of Twitter. Um, but I don't think I, I, I think you had an account, but I don't think it ever really went anywhere um what do you think to the real twitter having subscriptions would you pay for using twitter so so they talk about in the article some options so it's things like if you if you weren't tracked no ads and an, and, a, and an algorithm not not messing around with you know we'll show you what we think we you're interested in and and, I've, and sometimes that's so i use i use tweetbot still which mm -hmm. which you know no ads clean um, and syncs the timeline, and sometimes I'll want to see everything, and other times I don't. And we've seen the times I don't, I'll jump onto the Twitter app, show me what it's surfacing, and sometimes it's showing me things that are interesting, but then I'll jump back to Tweetbot and use some lists to pull out, right, I really want to see if Chris has tweeted about his park today. Anyone else see, <laughs> and I'll see that really quickly. Um, if, if, if there was, you know, it's cleaner, no ads, and it and it made the actual app more appealing. I would be, you know, assuming it's not like you know three hundred dollars a year. You know, if it was something that's a sensible price, I would be tempted. And, and I think I think you're absolutely right. I think price is going to be very price dependent. And yeah. and I think if you if they did come out and say we'd just give you a standard timeline, uh, or or the option to switch between standard timeline and our curated content, I think yeah, people would. They've always said that they wanted it. Well. You could probably get therefore charged to do it. I just, I, I still think it's not sustainable though. As in, I don't think I would pay for it. No. I, st I don't use it half enough to do it, and so other people do it. It does seem like you're, if you're a news organisation, well, you, you're going to be 
wanting to access it more. So, I mean, that that's the other angle. Maybe it'll be a business charge rather than an end user charge. But there's so much, there's still so many basics in Twitter, you know, they're away, you know, they do things like, you know, polls and other things. But if you use DMs a lot, you still can't search your DMs properly. You know, it's just yeah, obvious it, things. It, it is strange how, yeah, some of the... <laughs> they do seem to have holes in functionality which they haven't patched in a lot. In fact, it doesn't seem like they've really moved along on the functionality uh, for, for a long, long... Since they effectively stopped other organisations or, you know, innovating on their behalf, yeah. I don't think we've really seen anything happen. Yeah. No, I agree. And I think we said at the time that the whole excitement around Twitter was this innovation and, and how this hashtag thing arrived and it didn't exist before and, and now how big a part of our lives hashtags appear to be. Um, but yeah, all of that innovation stopped and disappeared. Mm. 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 Another another sort of story, that, I guess, large uh, trend that's been going on recently is a lot of um, uh, sort of claims around powerful companies abusing their power in these times of the pandemic and and certainly moving to 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 take over companies um that are saying we're failing and large organizations with good cash flow are sort of coming in and saying yeah we'll take that we'll take that um probably to the detriment of market economy um and uh, certainly we've we've seen um who we had we've had uh, google around fitbit buying fitbit um, we've had Slack moaning about Microsoft Teams, uh, their expansion over the, uh, the the recent time. We've had um, Apple and its store tax, all, all the kind of things that we've been talking about recently, but this is all around large companies taking advantage. Uh, and some of them in situation like Amazon now going, um, today we've heard about delivery, but they've already, already said they're going to be moving into sort of fresh food delivery, or what they are already moved into that, but expanding those sides of the business where, uh, where the other companies are really starting to struggle at the moment. Um, and, and, and maybe just do like, we really want Amazon and all these people taking over everything we do? Uh, yeah, and and maybe just to just to follow up because you you said you know we've seen like you know you know Slack one about you know Teams for example, but it's actually the you know it's a European antitrust that they've raised you know and we've seen mm. so Telegram have raised an antitrust against Apple in the App Store. You know, we're seeing yeah these are actual claims against yeah. using law rather than just general moans and gripes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, because Slack, Slack a year and a half ago said we welcome the competition, we don't feel threatened by them, but now they're like, actually. Um, well, Microsoft effectively turned on Teams for all their Office 365 subscribers, and suddenly they had. Uh, uh, it's in here, it tells me the jump of. Uh, I yeah. can't remember what it was. It was something like, you know, a few million users to suddenly 250 million users in one fell swoop. Yeah. So from 44 million in March to 75 million in April slightly less of a jump but you know still big numbers <laughs> uh, whereas slack hasn't managed to move that on and microsoft yeah. is because their product does video conferencing whereas slack is hopeless at it and in fact i, I shouldn't give actual anecdotal evidence should i but it's from my day-to-day -day use of slack it, we cannot use their video conferencing anymore we have to go and use google hangouts because they, they, it just does not work in the application which is a shame because continually fails and you can only have set number of users in it. Yeah, which is a real shame because Slack for me was that poster child of do things differently. Um, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they but they haven't managed to yeah. grow and remain solid. And I think that's one of the problems with mm. these organizations that move quick, move fast, is that when it comes to actually solidifying existing platforms, that's where they struggle. Uh, and they, they, you know, they can keep adding features for lower low volumes, but as soon as they get that market growth, they then start struggling to deliver. And we've seen that lots of times. We've seen that with even big firms. You know, Google Hangouts has gone from working to not working and back to working again. Um, and that's, you know, one of the largest companies in the world, not able to, until recently, to fix all those issues that they had. And, and I mean, the, the amazing one for me was Apple. So Apple, and, and you, you, as, as everyone knows, I, I, I love my Apple products. But I think around they're kind of you know they've really they've become really entrenched around their app store, you know, and the thirty percent fees and the subscription fees that they charge, um, and 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 before, you know, and we'll come on to the main bit of the story in a minute, which was all around that that congressional hearing. But but before that, they put a real you know positive statement around it, said they were you know what they do is better than everybody, and it's all about establishing a market for people and. You know, this sole developer sitting at home. How could he come? You know, how could he or she ever hope to? You know, hit a you know a market of you know I don't know how many 
hundreds of millions of devices. Um, they talked about how there were other people, you know, like Epic Games and what they take and how other people take similar platform cuts and, and, and it's all that kind of stuff. But and and it, and it was all around an analysis that had done themselves. They've got an independent good to do it. And it's and it's like but but no it's that's that's like the independent people you get doing around cigarette advertising. It, it, <laughs> exactly. And they talked about how Netflix were doing things and other people were doing things. But I can get that if it's like, you know, I've written an app and you and, and I've you know it's a note taking app and you're wanting to grab some of my, you know, profits or whatever from whatever I'm doing. But it's the way where, you know, if I, I can't link to an alternative payment. I can't link to, you know, I can't. So if I'm, so if I'm like an Amazon, or even if I'm just a small independent, you know, publisher, you know, so I want to do in-app payments, and it's like, so instead of paying the Apple the thirty percent, come to my website and do it. And it's like, no, I want your digital sales if you're using my platform. I just think that's it's one so of those wrong. things where it's, you can, they can make the, they do make the argument about that's how consumers remain protected and they're, you know, all those kind of things, and that's yeah. what their platform's all about. But it's easy to, for them to argue that because it, it makes it sound great. But what it also means is, yeah, it costs more, and for, for some models that just doesn't work. I mean, but and, for most people, they have to take the slice away because otherwise they don't have a market, and that's kind of Apple's argument as well. And, and, wanna... and I get and I get that ten years ago when the App Store launched, or whenever it was, twelve years ago, um, and I get why thirty percent, and it was brand new, and it was there was not many apps, very changed world, you know, platforms huge, the apps are huge, they need to drop the thirty percent, you know, they need to yeah. make it and. And so, so, and, that, and that's, I guess, where we come on to there was that congressional hearing. So, so talk us through that. So, there's these all the bosses of the big firms were hauled up at, into Washington, uh, where they had to go and explain themselves around various uh, sort of topics. Uh, yeah, apart from Microsoft. So, so Apple, Amazon, Facebook, and Google. Um, so you had the main, the main men, all, all on WebEx, which was quite interesting because. Most 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 folk were like, "Why have they chosen WebEx? It's one of the worst platforms for video conferencing." And you had, you know, Google, Apple, you know, you know. So you had, you know, like, you know, just the guys sitting there all like. It's probably the only independent technology that wasn't part of any of their own portfolios. Um, so so it was interesting in some ways because it was. I mean, it went on for three hours. Um, it's Apple probably escaped they, they had half the questions of anybody else um, and for a while it looked like amazon was escaping all the focus was in google and facebook um and it was all round uh, it did again the, the the questions were very much split depending on which party was asking you know so the republicans it was all around just suppressing conservative voices um so even at one point um zuckerberg was asked about um, you know, the killing the the video round, you know, the um, drug we just talked about, which I can't pronounce. Mm -hmm. And and Zuckerberg had to actually say, actually, sir, I think you're talking about Twitter and that video because we didn't stop it. <laughs> yeah. uh, and as ever, there were, you know, you know and, some uh, real shallow questions which oh, sound a, dramatic and, there was and a Republican, whatever, but they're going to show uh, silly. Another Republican guy was asking why his his email had been blocked, why his own father couldn't see his email. And it's like, well, it's probably because you've written a really spammy email. It's nothing to do with your father. It's, But he was trying to argue that he's my father, so you should get it, and you're even blocking my father from seeing my emails. And it's not. It's come from your campaign and your campaign's written a really spammy crack, but obviously nobody could answer it that way. <laughs> um, but he used his two questions to basically ask that. And yeah. and there was some real, but there was some significant ones where they were looking into, you know, they talked about, so Amazon got a real hard time. And there's a couple of Democrats who really um, drew attention to um bad practices that Amazon are using. So killing and there was there was examples and again I was really surprised at Bezos. He most of the time had to say, I'm not aware of this and I'm you know I'll happy to take this away and look into it because that's not how Amazon works. But the evidence was there. You've taken somebody had a shop front, they were selling a product and after you know like nine months and starting to make a business Within a couple of days, Amazon offered the same product. It was a really niche product. They undercut them, and you couldn't find your product in the storefront anymore. Mm. And it was a whole lot of evidence round 
it was some of the Amazon internal managers can start to see trends that other people can't. You have an inherent advantage from the platform yeah. you've built and they eventually admitted that that they've got processes that should stop that from happening, but he can't guarantee that it's not happening. Yeah. So it was, it's like it's like the people who are you know their whole job is designed to go and see the next big trend. Well, Amazon yeah. can see that just as it's starting, Absolutely. and they can see the interest. But so, and it's not even sales based; it's people searching based, and all those other things, and all the other places they get their uh, little data. Uh, feeds other in. uncomfortable bit. I mean, I mean, Tim Cook lied. There's no getting away from it. He he was asked about um, preferential treatment that people get, and he says nobody gets preferential treatment. When we know that that's not true. So we know it's not true. And what was released afterwards was all the email correspondence. And there was one that was to Amazon that says, we'll give you these terms if you give us this. Yeah. And it's like, that's preferential terms. Now, whether he didn't know about it or whether he's going to argue that... Well, they're going to argue, well, that kind of negotiation is open to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> when it's not. <laughs> but I think I think what's clear, um, I don't know how you feel about this, but what's clear to me, whether for, for, for the right or wrong reasons, it feels like between America and also Europe, we're going to see legislation around these big firms to try and hold them to some sort of account. Yeah, and I, I, I actually don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. We hold media to account uh, and various other categories. Uh, they have escaped all this because they're not considered media platforms, whereas actually a lot of the times, in a weird roundabout way, they are. They, you know, certainly... You know, Amazon is okay. It's a shop, but it it, it kind of gets invested. It's got a it's got a um, media outlet. It buys stores. It sh- buys programs. It shows it on their TV service. All those kind of things, and they are subject to say very little regulation, especially from the size of them. So, I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty of you know. I'm not a I'm not free marketeer or anything like that. I do believe regulation is important because I believe human nature is inherently greedy and spiteful. So. <laughs> I think that's not. I think we've been seeing this a long time in the making, and almost uh, by people coming down heavily on them, they know that they'll eventually come back to a position where the organisation can see. Well, someone like Apple can see. Well, they're going to stop our ability to, to, you know, to effectively trade. Uh, so we'll we'll recede back and accept some level of scrutiny and some level of uh, regulation around what we do. I think just I mean just just out of this. I'm not. I'm not saying the guy's fell on the sword, but I think we're seeing, you know, maybe one of the changes that's come of this. So Phil Schiller will be mm. known to many Apple people. See, he was a marketing head, you know, and you know, can't innovate my ass. I'll always think back to when they brought out the the new trash can Mac a few years ago, and he was always very. You know, he's obviously I mean, he's worked there for thirty years. He's obviously going to, you know, he's, he's Apple through and through. Um, but it was announced just yesterday that he is moving to an Apple fellowship role. Um, and there's a new, there's a new, a new guy. So Jaws. I'm trying to find his surname, and I can't find it because I'm getting tired. Um, but yeah, Greg, uh, Greg um, Josiak. So everybody calls Jaws. So he was, he was basically his number two. So he's taking over Phil's role. Um, but Phil was really, so he was the one really aggressive around hay and saying we're not going to do anything, we're not going to change anything. And and you and you do wonder. There's many people, and and there was a couple of retweets yesterday from people who had said 43 days ago, Phil's been a great guy, but this is this is him coming to an end, because he was also very. It, not, I'm not saying he was missing, but the last sort of years launches, he's not really been there. So they've been, and he's 60, so he's, he's coming to probably end of a fantastic career. But they have said that he will still be part of those uh, announces, and he will be part of the stage presentation. I think. I think that's what most people are worried about at the moment because he, he can be quite funny. So, you know, long live the Schiller. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, but I, I do I do think this is... A, um, and it's interesting, there was a photo that somebody put up today which showed Steve Jobs and it had like Johnny Ive and a couple of the others. And the only one that left is Eddie Q. So this is yeah. from like, you know, I guess, what, 20 years ago or whatever. And, and Eddie Q is the last man standing. <laughs> It, and it, I, it just happens passage of time these these companies have been around a long time now you know They're, it's gonna like you say it's gonna happen passage of time right uh tiktok oh, tiktok yes uh so <laughs> the, <laughs> they released a fund originally this is so several bits of tiktok news um uh, they released a european fund 54 million pounds to try and tr- keep uh, uh, you know users uh, from europe on their platform 
so this is I, I don't know if there's any details of how that fund gets distributed how it all works but there was um, 200 million announced for america a few a few weeks ago um and this is this is a kind of european equivalent and, and again it was about you I guess it's trying to make sure if you're a content creator, so if you're the folks starting these new trends, don't go to YouTube, don't go to Instagram, yeah. don't go to Facebook. We want you to stay here. And Instagram, we have just released their, I can't remember what they call it now. Reels. Or some, reels. Which I always struggle uh, to say, reels. <laughs> reels. Yeah. Um, so that's an exact copy of TikTok effectively. So, and it's taking on the, so the other story around TikTok is, um, so they've, enhanced their kind of security and policies around banning of deep fakes and, and fake news and all that kind of stuff. But equally, Trump has come out in his latest um, sort of cause of attention is to try and get TikTok banned. And so he came out saying, I'm going to ban TikTok. Um, obviously, the market responded. People like Instagram say, right, we've got an opportunity potentially come here. Let's develop something. Um, and because they're a, they're a China company they're champagne so, <laughs> so, so they so they you know so that's immediately his he doesn't want the data going over to china so um i think microsoft then came along and said okay well we'll act as a weird american company that's going to buy the american branch of tiktok so that we can retain your services in in america and then uh, kind of went that the Trump then ended up saying, well, no, you can't do that. And then eventually said, well, okay, yeah, I will let that happen as long as you give me all the money from the sale because, you know, you can buy this and run it all, but I want your money because uh, because I'm the president. And and I, and, and I we slash the treasury brokered the deal. <laughs> By saying I'm going to ban something, but then they're going to allow an American company to buy it but take the money because I brokered the deal. It's I've, weird I've, logic, isn't I've, it? I've seen many bonkers things, but I never thought that three months before a presidential election that, that a, a president would be sitting there saying, I'm, and, and there's been some rumours that it's either he's keen to ban it either because of the links to China and it's this trade war with China and to show that he's strong and protecting American interests. And again, there's, there's lots of now false news, I think, all around data and where it's, you know, what it's being used for and they're, 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 you know, and it's a bit like the kind of Huawei story, you know, so it's any company from China, can't trust them, you know, kick them out of country. Um, but, but at the same time, there's also links back to where he started taking TikTok really seriously was when his Florida, um, I don't want to say show, but when he was doing his kind of presidential, you know, starting off his campaign about, about six, eight weeks ago, they were selling it was sold out. They had a million people applying and it wasn't sold out. And lots of people on TikTok said, yeah, we all applied for tickets with no intent to come. And there's people right. linking it back to there that he's got so annoyed with TikTok because he just sees it as TikTok's the issue, not the people that he's turned into a vendetta. And, and, the, and, the, and, you know, and whether you consider that to be, you know, just that's just assumption or whatever, okay. everything that he says and does points towards that. You know, we, we, there was an interview released the other day uh, with him talking to a journalist one to one, and everything, everything is focused in on numbers and being best at something, even if that means turning a chart upside down and completely inverting its meaning. Because hey, look, America's best. We're beating the world, and it's like, what are you beating? <laughs> We don't understand no, what that is. It's just, uh, I've, I've been, it's just very disheartening at the moment. Um, he doesn't always talk rubbish. That's the other thing. But the problem is so much rubbish comes out that it is just absolutely swamps the, the actual sense that sometimes he accidentally says um, most of it is just bravado and rubbish and uh, provably false and lies and unfortunately, it's just annoying yeah and unfortunately when we're talking earlier on about you know you know uk and having our app it, was, it wasn't just an app it was a world beating and yes. it's like just, it's, just exactly saying, the, saying that doesn't make it happen and, and and that's what the trump legacy has been to yeah. other other governments around the world including our own I've seen that. is that yep. is that it's just by saying it it doesn't really matter what happens six months down the line. Just you just keep maintaining that it's true. And it doesn't matter if it completely fails. Just weirdly, like, say things that you, I don't know, 10 years ago, I can't believe that it would have been accepted that way. And, and now people are just jaded to it and can't be bothered. So they realize that it doesn't make any difference. So, so I, I guess the two things I really can't understand is is why Microsoft think this is some sort of great fit for their portfolio, especially after they've just given up on Mixer. 
you know, so that to me was a they saw Mixer as their attempt to get in, in the game streaming market, and, and gaming's a huge, you know, big, massive deal for them. And it looked like they were, you know, getting everything aligned to launch, you know, Xbox new console this year, really focusing on Xbox Game Pass. You know, Mixer was in there as that kind of third part of that gaming platform. They're doing amazing work on, you know, all their titles are now coming out in Steam and, and hitting the Steam top 10. So again, you know, being really good, I guess, a good friend on PC rather than I think people always view them as suspicious. And I look at it's like, why, why, where does TikTok fit in in that? Unless it is all just around Azure and, and we'll, we'll, that'll be the revenue stream for us. But you could almost do a deal there. Somebody else buys, you know, the branding and just runs it on Azure. It's why Microsoft thinks that I'll pay between ten and thirty billion dollars because that's the fees that uh, are getting talked around. You can almost guarantee that, you know, at some level, there it's just the right name, and therefore the Trump administration uh, can yeah. have a back but, a back chat to Microsoft and say, "Look, can you do this as a favor? We'll scratch your back later, in you know, when you know around this." But what stops China now saying, "Right." All American companies. Um, oh, no, nothing stops it other than you know. We all now do the same. Yeah, Ch- China's also struggling economically, though. Um, so everyone's struggling, but it's all just bravado. It, it all leads to positioning, uh, stature, and then it leads to um, war games, war racing, and eventually nuclear death. So that's my prediction. What are you doing in ten years' time? Being involved in a nuclear war. Well, that's is a, that a bit depressing? It's 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 a great way to end the podcast, to be honest. <laughs> Maybe we won't have a podcast next, you know, in a few days' time. But I was Maybe hoping to talk it. to you in a few days' time about you know, you know, you know, new Samsung phones and and Microsoft games that are coming out, and and you would you would tempt me again with the whole buy a PC and you really want to play Flight Simulator, <laughs> and I was looking Perhaps. forward to that. But maybe we won't be doing anymore. Perhaps I should stop watching YouTube videos on uh, yeah <laughs> on Fallout. I, it, basically, if you go and watch anything from eighties TV, uh, it's a ama- the, the the horrific the horror of it all. I'm glad I was quite young when it happened. You know, was happening. But Cold War was I, just the yeah. I I should stop watching these YouTube videos. But nevertheless, the, it's still there. It's still real. Those warheads still exist. I'm just more scared of like wolf spiders when they're playing grounded, to be honest. <laughs> so let's, let's keep to the easy stuff. Let's keep to the easy stuff. Yeah. All right, that's where we're going to stop for today. We have got uh, more to talk about. Like we said, we will, we will release that uh, as another podcast in the near future. Um, have you got anything else you want to bring up today? Uh, no, that is uh, the halfway point. We said we'll do that in half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> we are good at nattering so yep yeah, thank you very much if you've got this far listening along to our ramblings you want to find out more about us digitaloutbox.com is our website info at digitaloutbox.com is our email address digitaloutbox on twitter as well as long as we haven't been banned um and i am on twitter as gz uk ian where do we find you uh, website iandick.com twitter as uh, lovely stuff thank you very much for listening and we will talk to you again very soon goodbye Pinky promise. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe's that. Maybe's not. Maybe.